0: Will there ever be a boat that can fly? What is soup made out of? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life. Life. Welcome everyone to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast, where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal case, and at the end of it, we'll come to a conclusion as to whether or not that case is true or it is false. My name is Rory Powers this guy's name is kit greer thank you thank you and kit i'm really excited about today's case because you know i did introduce us as a comedy podcast sure but comedy's out all right what people like these days is freaking bone dry
1: serial killer drama horrible stories about murders right but i mean we've been like nominated for like comedy awards and stuff like i think it might be a little out of left field if we just ditch all of that out of the blue well you know what's a joke
0: our listenership all right we're in the thousand and i want the millions okay so if we could just i'm going to change up the vibe for this week i hey i'm willing to roll
1: with it see how it goes this time
0: awesome so we'll keep it serious bone keep it chill obviously like throw in a couple jokes now and again what to keep it light but but don't take. But so also don't light.
1: But dry. It's a comedy podcast. Throw a bit of humor in there. Okay, so dry and wet simultaneously. Let's get started in today's episode. All right, I'm confused, mm-hmm. but let's go. It's
0: 1961. The Cold War, tension between the United States and the Soviet Union are higher than ever. The quest for nuclear weapons, the constant tension, and of course, the space race course. The ultimate contest to see which country would first successfully land a manned spacecraft on the moon. Now these were the days where the technological advancements of war were quick and dirty. Scientists working around the clock to create the furthest traveling missile, the most destructive bomb, anything to give their country's
1: military the edge. Yeah, they weren't really, uh, like, colliding particles or, uh, like, trying to find different principles of physics. It was, like... How many men can we kill in a nanosecond? A hundred. That's the, that's all you need to know when it comes down to war. They had like thousands of scientists just just trying to make the biggest bullet ever made. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even have the big gun yet. We'll start with the bullet. (laughs) Work backwards. Work backwards. (laughs) Work backwards.
0: Once we've got the bullet, we'll know what kind of gun we're working with. Now, of course, these days, if you want to see what kind of rocket Russia is building... You just fire up your computer, hack their Gmail account, and BitTorrent the schematics. But back in the early days of the Cold War, it wasn't that easy. The best way America could keep up to date with what missiles and rockets the Soviets were testing was to steal those
1: rockets when they landed back on Earth. Ooh, okay. So they're launching unmanned rockets. That they go into space to do, like, I don't know, research or some shit testing. Yeah. But then they eventually have to crash back down. And you're saying they gra- nab them then?
0: Yeah, yeah. And this isn't even just um, uh, technology related to the space race. Missiles, test planes. Okay. Anything that's kind of sent out with no intention of being uh, collected at some point. All right, all America's right. America is like a dirty little... A, a scavenger
1: just traveling yeah. the world grabbing all this material and i guess you know we were a little young as in little half-baked little not we weren't really existing yet during yeah. the time of the cold war but i guess that that's what this meant it was like a time of like political tension so they weren't like outright killing each other but they were uh, taking carte blanche of each other's shit yeah and, oh yeah yeah And trying to outdo each other so what we essentially
0: have is america traveling the world recovering the technology of their enemies. Hmm. Existing under the name Moondust, the operation was a secret, covert project organized by the United States Air Force and their Missile Development Center at Holloman Air Force Base. Wow. The official aim for the project was to, quote, exploit the discovery of Soviet hardware when it temporarily landed in American hands.
1: I mean... It's pretty shameless, but, hey, can't blame them. Yeah, I mean, if it's there to gank,
0: take it. Now, because of the nature of the mission, Operation Moondust was paired with Project Bluefly, another former covert project during the Cold War that was to exploit the discovery of Soviet hardware when it landed in American or Allied hands. Mm. Now I know what you're thinking. These seem weirdly similar, Mm -hmm. almost redundant to have... Top secret operations doing the same thing. Well, what we'll discover today, Kit, is that the U.S. military are a bunch of tricky rat bastards, and there's more to Project Moondust than meets the eye. Oh. Do you want to, like.
1: So you're saying do that. Do you want to do
0: a joke or something? I don't want. It's just. It's been pretty dry so far. Yeah. Like I've been rattling off facts and stuff. I just feel a bit bad.
1: Sure. Uh, I do mean, want to do a joke? Okay, fine. So. <laughs> Because I said I said we're doing it seriously, but it doesn't mean switch off. Okay, you know. All right. Well, you said do it dry, but that's fine. I'll I'll throw in a joke. Okay. So, wow, you thought Project Moondust sounded bad? I mean, get a load of of Project Bluefly. I mean, yeah, it sounds sounds like super super weak, doesn't it?
0: You f- watch yourself, okay. i said i
1: said joke
0: excuse i didn't say take the piss. i was making light of it i don't that's
1: what what i said it's a serious
0: case i said joke now and again but don't take the piss
1: okay you come at me with this blue fly shit so you need me to make a joke yet somehow uh punch play it straight punch up play it straight i
0: want you yeah play it straight but joke now and again so it's not just a snore fest
1: can you possibly give me an, an example of how I would keep it straight, but also tell a joke? It's very, I'm making it as black and white as possible. All
0: right. In full color. I'm going to stick to the those sc- are contradicting. I'm going to stick to the script. All right. But we have to be able to improvise a little bit. Look, we'll just, I'll keep on with the story. Be warned. It's a little dry and a little serious. So it wouldn't hurt to throw in,
1: <laughs> it wouldn't hurt to throw in a couple of jokes now and again. Okay. Okay. I can see you're getting stressed. I'm, I'm gonna try my best in this next section. I'm just worried because we're down. We're lighting it up just a tiny. We're down bit.
0: to like six subscribers. Okay. They're dropping like that. Can't flies. be right. Is that right? It's getting real low. All right. Dropping and I my just,
1: blue flies. Huh? <laughs> all right. You. Out, you, out you, of the sky.
0: Crossed the line Dude, there. Let go of my arm. I'm sorry. I'm getting stressed. <clears throat> I just think if we if we actually bring a case with a lot of research yeah. and preparation. Our six listeners will really appreciate it.
1: And they might, <laughs> hell, they might hang around for a little bit longer. Well, not with you chastising me every 30 seconds. Yeah, well, 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 certainly not if I'm ho- co hosting with a f- clown dropping punchlines every other sentence. You asked me to joke, you asked me to tell jokes. We're g- Let's just just move on with the story. Make it both black and white and technicolor. (laughs) Now, Project Moondust didn't exclusively recover the remains of
0: satellites in the United States, but all over the world. In South Africa, Bolivia, and according to one source, even as far away as the Himalayan mountains. Damn, a Mount Everest? This meant recruiting a lot of personnel to help. Enter Clifford Stone. A military sergeant who was brought in to assist with the recovery process. You see, not knowing what technology the Soviets were working on, each recovered object had to be treated as a high-level threat. Right. You don't know if they were testing nuclear weapons. You don't know if it was just a ball of knives that was fired through the sky. You have
1: to treat every situation as if this thing is a nuclear reactor ready to blow. Makes sense. I mean... It stands to reason as well that if the Soviets catch wind of what's happening and that they know the Americans are ganking their technology at every turn, they might start trying to weaponize that in some way. They're going to weaponize these weapons. what, What easier way to Trojan horse your way into a military base? than to dangle a nice bit of moon dust their way. That's a really, really valid point. Once fully trained to handle
0: foreign materials in the recovery process, Stone began traveling with the team across the world, moving quickly to capture foreign technology as it crashed back to Earth. But the more missions Sergeant Stone was a part of, the stranger things became. Stone said that on some of the missions, there was additional personnel assigned right at the last minute who weren't army officials. The missions where these mysterious men joined were always the most important and the strangest, taking the teams to unusual locations where the details of the recovery were not disclosed to the team. Wow. Very quickly, Stone found himself recovering crash technology the likes of which he'd never seen before. Sir, I've located the area of the crash site. Good work, Sergeant. Begin the salvage process. Did you say this was a Soviet rocket, sir? What's with the question, Sergeant? Well, sir, it's... It's like nothing I've ever seen before. Far beyond anything the Soviets could possess. Nope, it's Soviet, all right. The craft seems to be capable of interstellar travel. I
1: mean, there's maps to parts of the galaxy that we haven't even... <laughs> yeah, that's Soviet. But But, sir, I... Listen, Sergeant, any more questions about this craft, and you're gonna need a recovery team to come pick you up. <laughs> it's capable of interstellar <laughs> I have Zeno.
0: In the following months, it became obvious to Sergeant Stone that Project Moondust wasn't just salvaging Soviet technology, but it was a cover for the U.S. military recovering UFOs that had crashed to Earth. Project Moondust, combined with Project Bluefly, provided the perfect cover for these crafts to be taken back to United States research facilities to be reverse-engineered by scientists.
1: This is ingenious. So instead of duping only the public and relying on the entire military-industrial complex not to blow the lid on it, they're duping the dupees. Yeah. They're duping their own men. They're everyone beneath the goddamn president of the United States, thinks these are Soviet crafts. And this is all that the recovery team know
0: when they're signed on, is we need you to help in this secret operation to recover Soviet technology. Which is already pretty damn secretive. Yeah. Yeah without it actually being about UFOs.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, they don't... It's not like these people know what's going on back there. Like you say, this is the days of the the Iron Curtain. No one knew what was going on back there. Yeah. Hell, if they have plasma rays and interstellar (laughs) boosters, uh, f***. I don't know, that's what the Russians are up to. It's
0: true. Uh, Folks, we are looking at a paranormal onion here. There are layers upon layers of covert operations covered by covert operations. And at its core is probably the goddamn president. Clifford Stone (laughs) worked for the military for years, eventually disclosing that he had not only worked on the recovery of alien technology, but that on a number of occasions, the pilots of the crafts had been found alive. What? I mean, that's a little bit harder to cover up. Yeah. When Not when it, part of the recovery equipment is a nine millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: one pretty of, easy to push that shit under the rug. One of the recovery people is like, is like stand back, gentlemen. I, I speak Russian. Like, <laughs> he, he's like, in Russian, gentlemen, are you safe down there? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Stone said.
0: I am prepared to state that I have been at locations where craft of unknown origin that did not originate on the face of this planet were there. I am prepared to state that while I was there, we saw living and dead bodies of entities that were not born on this planet. I am prepared to state that they have a school to try and indoctrinate people. I never went to that school, I always refused. I am prepared to state that when I got out of the service in 1990, that they held me for two months so that I might better reconsider to stay in and not get out. In violation of the law, they held me for two months pending approval of
1: my retirement. Weird. Yeah. What does he mean, indoctrination? Are we talking, like, a little bit of adult education? It's like, here's why we did what we did. Or is it, like, more men in black style neuralizer pen wipe (laughs) their memories? I I think in this context, it's more, I think it obviously becomes
0: pretty evident when you're dragging a freaking laser engine out of a piece of debris that you're not dealing with Soviet technology. Sure. When you're looking at the lifeless corpses <laughs> of three little gray men, they're, they're probably not Russians. No. I think they offer this course uh, to people who are serving in Project Blue Fly and in Project Moondust to just be like okay so you know this shit's real (laughs) come to class we'll tell you all about it you're brought further into the circle we can tell you more stuff you can uh move up the ranks in terms of these covert operations it's actually a pretty polite way of doing things
1: (laughs) they're like listen come along to the first class see how you feel you don't have to come back he's like cool No worries. He gets there on the first day. They lock him in a room. They're like, there's no class. We have your wife and children. If you tell anyone anything, we'll kill everyone. Capiche? Lesson one is the humans are the bad guys. The aliens are actually pretty chill. A lot of our soldiers actually defected over to planet Spring Break or whatever.
0: They actually have their uh, own operation on planet Spring Break where they recover
1: human technology. (laughs) And recycle it into booze. I mean... I appreciate the fact that Sergeant Stone just turned it down. I don't know anything about the military, but it does confuse me that you have any say in the matter. I, I mean, I, I get that there's like a give and a take here. They can't, it's difficult for them to disappear him. That becomes a whole story in itself. If he's not playing ball, they can't just kill him. Yeah. Because then his family are going to be like, where is he? His Everyone who knows him is going to be like, where is he? But at the same time, I sort of feel like, they, like, what, he just gets to... It's just like a, a optional PE class. He just says, nah, I don't feel like it. And then he just gets to tell the world the truth.
0: Yeah, it's surprisingly relaxed. I mean, when you think of the military, you think of orders. Being given orders, receiving
1: orders. Yeah, it's it's kind of like... I mean, isn't that a thing? It's, it's like, if you disobey, probably, your superior. You could probably get court-martialed, you know, yeah. get in trouble. Dishonorably
0: discharged. Yeah. If you're at war and you're, you're, you're in the trenches, and your commanding officer goes like, All right, soldiers, this is it. This is the moment we've been training for. All those push-ups, sit-ups, sleepless nights, early mornings is for this moment right now. The future of the earth is on our shoulders. Your children, my children, or their lives depend on this very second.
1: Get over there and give them hell. There's not going to be one guy that's like, No, I think there was a lot of people who said no, and I'm pretty sure they were shot. (laughs) I think that was the rule. Let's go, boys! Die there or die here! Your choice! (laughs) Even bigger yell. (laughs) Hoorah! Well,
0: interactions with UFO debris wasn't the only strange event Stone had been a part of. He said that soon after his NBC training, when he had already been involved in the secret recovery of alien crafts, he experienced one of the strangest interactions of his life. He was being dropped off by a friend to Fort Lee, Virginia. On the drive to the base, the pair began discussing some of the UFOs they had seen, the strange material, the impossible physics of it all. He was dropped off and his friend drove away. Several weeks later, Stone got a phone call from the same friend saying, Hey, um, I'm up at uh, Fort Meade. Do you think you could uh, come by and talk? He sounded a little off, but Stone didn't think anything of it. So he drove to Fort Meade to meet with his friend. But when he arrived, Stone was greeted by a stranger. The man said, your friend is a little tied up. (laughs) We'll talk about his situation as soon as he gets free. He's tied up. That's his situation. We don't know that. That he could be using it as a... I didn't say that. (laughs) The man said, By the way, have you ever been to the Pentagon? (laughs) This guy loves his job, by the way. Oh, yeah. At this time, Stone hadn't. So the man said, Well, it is a really unique place. Why don't we go ahead and
1: give you the 25 cent tour? If anyone talks to you like that, best believe they have access to a button... That will drop you into a pool of piranhas Yeah, the drop of a hat. But that's also the kind of authority and power you can't say
0: no to. Oh, of course. I'm assuming this officer has so many goddamn stars on his uniform. It looks like a galaxy. Yeah. It's like, you know... If the sun hits him at the right angle, he could cook a chicken with a magnified beam. (laughs) That's how
1: shiny this bastard is. Because there's two types of guy in the military, in popular culture at least. There's the guy that we often reference who is doing the motivational speaking of course and then there's the guy who has so much political clout so much military prowess he doesn't even need to raise his voice yeah
0: oh yeah that's how powerful he is you
1: listen here this is the way it's gonna go (laughs)
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah that guy's fought in wars that are so secret we haven't even heard of them clifford said so we went on over we went in I had a little badge that was given to me with no picture on it. But the guy that was with me, his had a picture. And he just tell the guards he's authorized to come with me. Finally, we got to a place that has an elevator. We went down on it. I don't know how far down we went. I can't tell you if there's one flight under the Pentagon, two or 50. But, <laughs> but we went down. <laughs> when we get out there, there are two monorails. I mean, there are monorails under the Pentagon. They look like big tubes, rather thick in the center, one on each side. So you had these little monorails with cars that looked like a bullet. We got on one monorail and started to go. It seemed like maybe 20 minutes? But I'm guessing that because I don't know for sure. What happened to his sense of time (laughs) and space? Well, I mean, they've got a pretty tight operation down there i mean bullet trains to secret bases under the pentagon how big
1: is this thing i thought i've seen a photo of the pentagon it's not that big yeah on top it isn't but it's like a
0: goddamn <laughs> iceberg. iceberg that's right and the, the u.s is the titanic that's been struck by it folks <laughs> get real political <laughs> when we got out he says Well, let me show you some interesting sights down this corridor here. So we're going down the corridor, and as we get closer and closer to that door, my guide turned to me and stated, You know, things aren't always as they seem to be. It is just like the walls here. They don't seem like walls. What? (laughs) I replied, What do you mean they're not walls? Stop speaking in riddles, <laughs> damn it. It's like the wall behind you. I look and it looks like a wall to me. There's no seams or anything. Then he pushes me. <laughs> I try to grab myself, but there's actually a door that opened. And that was a very elaborate way of, I think what he's trying to
1: say is, there's a motion sensor door. <laughs> it, was, it was like the first ever supermarket automatic <laughs> yeah. door. And they were like, we spent trillions of military budget on this thing. He said, the windows down here aren't really windows. (laughs) I didn't
0: understand what he said, but they they parted right down the middle to a store. Convenience, see? Snacks, drinks, (laughs) everything you could want. He called it a meal deal. (laughs) Southern fried
1: chicken pasta, a monster energy drink and crisps. All for the price of three pounds. Look, all this food, it looks fresh, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> but look at the sell-by date. Oh my god, it lasts for months! So, <laughs> he pushed him into a wall that
0: turned out to be a door. Alright? While you go through the door, there's like this little field table there. And behind the field table, you had this little entity. The entity was a little bigger than the three, three and a half foot tall entities that are a lot of times reported. But there were two men on either side of the table, slightly behind the creature. When I turned around, I looked right into the eyes of this little creature. And you know, it's like you're seeing it, but everything is being pulled from you. It's being pulled from your mind. He was reading my whole life. It's hard to describe what I really felt there. Your life up to that point goes by in seconds. I remember going down, grabbing hold of my head, and falling to the floor. The next thing I remember... I wake up and I'm back in my friend's office at Fort Meade. Officers told me nothing had happened,
1: that I'd been there the whole day, but I knew better. Weird thing to say to a guy who just woke up. (laughs) Nothing happened. You've been here the whole day. (laughs) I can't believe they pushed him into the interview room with a gray. What the hell? Who zapped his life out of his body
0: till he passed out. I mean, why bring him there to push him into an alien...
1: (laughs) <laughs> to have him pass out to drag him back to the fort and tell him nothing ever happened i'm gonna go on a limb here and say that <laughs> on account of the whole thing making no sense right there being a, apparently a city underneath the pentagon yeah and then he woke up in a room there's a lot of
0: there's lot a lot things here to decipher to digest he dreamed the whole thing we I don't no, we don't know that we don't know that.
1: Okay. Look. We we think it.
0: Clifford Stone, unfortunately, died in 2014. Wow. So R&D. we can't even really ask him these questions. But in his life, he was part of something called the Disclosure Project. Okay. Now, this is right up our alley. The Disclosure Project is an organization dedicated to disclosing unclassifying, and conducting hearings related to shadow governments, UFOs, and extraterrestrial life. That all sounds fantastic. Yeah. Now, at first glance, granted, it sounds like a club for the crazies. (laughs) But the Disclosure Project has over 400 members, many of which are ex-government, military, and scientific officials. Wow. I'd never heard of this group before. No. So I did a little research into it. I I genuinely wrote out some of the credentials of members just to show you how insane uh, it is that these people are in this group. Okay. So some of the credentials we have, Navy Commander Pilot, General with top secret clearance, Air Force Intelligence Officer, Five Star Admiral, the former head of the British Ministry of Defense former state senator, NASA research scientist, defense intelligence agency official. I mean, the qualifications go on. That's a lot of medals. Yeah. These are, these are people that have literally no reason to join this club other than the fact that they believe this happened. It did happen and they were a part of it.
1: That's pretty damn fascinating. Yeah. I I know what you mean. It, at the very least, it means that they were privy to enough weirdness in their career that they want to know the truth. Yeah. And at most, <laughs> it means they were all best buds with greys until the day they retired and they got torn away from them. And now they want the world to know. That they hang out with aliens. Because
0: who wouldn't? As much as we uh, joke about the ridiculousness of going to the pentagon and the underground city and being pushed into a room with an alien sure i will say that everything else that we learned about uh project moon dust and project Bluefly. fly i mean it's real to a certain extent yeah these were m- secret military operations that through the freedom of information act all of it was declassified yeah there are actual government documents that i have seen online talking about um project moon dust recovering Soviet technology, and there's even a couple mentions of unidentified flying objects. Yeah. I mean, it's it's indisputable that there wasn't secret government shady shit going down. Granted, it is another level to talk about the secret city under the Pentagon. Yes. And some of these other theories that pop up. But there's a certain degree of fact to this insanity. What I didn't mention about... Uh, the Disclosure Project, is that one of the main members, Stephen M. Greer, believes that Marilyn Monroe had an affair with Robert Kennedy, who told her about the project and the UFOs, and she threatened to reveal the truth, and the government assassinated her. But that's just one opinion
1: from one member of the group. Listen, you know, a group of people like that, they're not just going to have one or two interests in life. They're going (laughs) to... They're going to they're gonna have a bunch of bunch of different ideas. Sure, yeah. they all like the Disclosure Project. Hey, I'm sure some of them like golf, too. Hey, some of them like baking at the weekends. Other people think that Marlon Monroe almost revealed state secrets. Yeah. But, you know, that's par for the course.
0: It's got to be tough when you're in that group and you're at, like, a meeting. And it's like, we need to tell people about the truth that the government doesn't want the public to know. And someone in the crowd is like, we need to disclose the information of, of Project Blue
1: Book. Yeah, here, all here, right. Here, here, here we go. Yeah.
0: We need to tell people what really happened at Roswell. Yeah. Here, 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 yeah. Here, here.
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, is in this room right now as a demon. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Oh, Always... Always a pleasure to have you at the meetings. Who
1: let him renew his membership? I thought we I thought we talked about this. He found a
0: loophole actually in the system that um, he's actually running the meetings. So I actually, my time is up. Carl is going to be leading the seminar for the next, uh, how long are you going to be doing it for, Carl?
1: 45 minutes tops.
0: <laughs> All right, so we got 45 minutes on Carl talking about
1: Elvis, the demon. Possible locations of where Tupac may still be alive and recording. (laughs) Carl walks up to the mic. All right.
0: Welcome everyone to the next segment of uh, today's speeches. I want everyone to turn to your left. Now everyone turn to your right. Both of the people sitting beside you are Elvis. (laughs) He can multiply like an agent. He can take human form. People are filing out of the room as he keeps going. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest.
1: Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot.
0: And whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Paranormal Life. All right, kids, so we went on a bit of a journey here. <laughs> We not only investigated... On, on a bullet monorail train. <laughs> we not only investigated Project Moondust. We briefly talked about Operation Bluefly. We talked about uh, Clifford Stone. And I mean, I didn't even scratch the surface on what Clifford went through. <laughs> I mean, he's met and talked with aliens. He's been through it all. He's recovered crafts from all over the universe. This guy's written books on the it. The universe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's... he's He's done some crazy stuff. Um, and I've also talked about this operation, the Disclosure Project, right. where over 400 qualified ex-members of government are have decided enough is enough. You know, all of them and Carl are going to change the world and tell people the secrets of the government and also that Elvis might be a demon. What are your thoughts?
1: Listen, we always love to hear stories like these where we can literally flick through historical military records for potential exercises in researching the paranormal because it's a goddamn treasure trove there's there's been a ton of them out there and like you say there is no doubt with this that there is some element of project blue book and some element of project moon dust that had a paranormal motive that they were at least going into that operation with the potential to recover um, experimental craft from potentially beyond this galaxy. Uh, the greater question is, of course, is there enough evidence to link the verifiable existence of those projects with the uh, pretty outlandish claims of Clifford and potentially what the Disclosure Project are saying as well.
0: Yeah, that's very well said. Because I think it's one thing to look at this case and be like, what's there to d- to debate? We have unclassified documents that talk about Operation Moondust and it talks about UFOs. It's all there in the paperwork. Right. But kind of what we have in the paperwork is no more than the government saying that the the project is involved in recovering UFOs it doesn't say that they ever got one it doesn't have pictures of anything and what we have there is the statement with none of the evidence. So I think it's difficult We've, we're, we're looking at a lot of things here but I, I think we need to narrow it down to just project moondust. okay I can do that and it's not whether or not the project was created to find UFOs is whether or not that we think that this project ever really did interact with alien crafts making it paranormal which is a really tough question because i am I'm, I'm excited to hear what you say because i have literally no idea where i'm gonna fall on this one
1: <laughs> i think that operation Moondust, project blue book this definitely is the most believable scope for actually successfully coming into contact with ufos because they're across they're international they're across all continents they're using relatively modern technologies to scan the skies and the upper atmosphere yeah. for all signs of military-like technologies. So if anyone's going to see it, they are. Yet at the same time, we do seem to have a lack of first-hand witnesses, even compared to some other uh, UFO investigations we've covered recently.
0: I think, you know what, maybe this is a reflection of the fact that that there's not a lot of very specific information online about mm. Project Moon Dust, except for the fact that it exists. I mean, Roswell, we we talked about that before, where the government came and ganked a bunch of shit. We just assumed it was a bunch of people being told what to do. That could have been some super secret operation. Project Mars Dust or some shit. I have no idea. We don't know. It's secret. Project goddamn
1: Dorito Dust. <laughs>
0: So I think that's, that's the problem that I'm facing with this. I mean, when it comes down to it, do I think Project Moon Dust ever came in contact with a craft from out of this universe? Yeah, probably. Do I have any evidence to prove it? <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Does that make it a no or a yes? I don't know. It's okay to disagree at times. I didn't take the lead in this investigation. So I haven't seen enough to convince me. And that's why today I'm coming down on a no. All right. I don't think it happened. All right. I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. So we're officially at war, (laughs) you and I. I'm starting
1: Operation F***. (laughs) <laughs> where anything in the studio that's yours i will be ganking for research purposes <laughs> dismantling reverse engineering <laughs> so that's my electric toothbrush how does it work <laughs> wow hey it's been a while a since rare, we've had a uh, disagreement oh my god on the cast so that's it that's the end of the podcast uh this is our last episode i'm pretty sure it's like it's been this and bigfoot <laughs> It's, it's a ma- major <laughs> <Two> disagreement. <months. laughs> so that's the show over now because we disagreed once.
0: Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't have to. Shout out to our uh, six listeners who are still here. You made it to the end. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you completed it. <laughs> um, yeah, not often that we have a yes and no on the podcast. I was a little torn up about that one, but I had to go with my gut in the end. And my gut says yes. Hey, that's the right decision to make, bro. I know it was a bit of a serious one this week. Uh, with just a lot of facts and stories to get through but to lighten the tension keep it bubbly kit's gonna hit us home with a joke right now you know just give us that little comedic lift at the end of a serious one
1: hey you want to hear a great goddamn joke yes this entire episode wow the thing the whole thing was a joke and i don't know why you're talking about it being bubbly because your attitude has been uh almost the exact opposite of bubbly this entire episode I can't believe you would say that you already knew. This
0: it was a, isn't bubbly. You already knew it was a serious one. Borderline too serious.
1: This isn't, this isn't fun podcasting for people to listen to. I, you,
0: I, I, I agree with you because it's too serious. This <laughs> 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 is absolutely too serious. You should feel ashamed. You should yourself. be embarrassed for yourself. Look, it's been serious. The whole freaking thing. We got at each other a bit at the end. There was a disagreement. I just think like a
1: joke, to end okay. it and then we'll do shout and, outs um uh knock knock who's there a wall a wall who do you get it it's like because it, we're in the pentagon so it's like it's not a door it's a it's a wall because i like
0: asked it. i asked for a, a light-hearted joke that, that, right? that was i didn't that was i didn't hearted. ask you it was based on i didn't ask you to the take podcast. the f-ing piss out of the story that i had just presented there's a difference, all right, you son of a bitch, between telling a joke and 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 turning the whole thing into a big joke. You said the same word twice. Now I got to do a straight read of the outro because I <laughs> <You> think absolutely <laughs> don't. I think things are getting a For little the first time. A little too 130 jaunty.
1: Thirty episodes. Why would you do a straight read?
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. For more information on <laughs> Project Moondust, Jesus sounds like a you, f- you're gonna want to Google. Project Moondust, where you can look at the unclassified documents yourself. Thank you for listening. My name, Rory Powers. This guy, Jokey McClownface. That's borderline.
1: That's <laughs> a joke. You made a joke.
0: If you like the show, I recommend that you go onto your laptop and visit www.patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Have
1: you slept since last where, week? Where is... What's going on? Where
0: from as little... As two dollars a month, possibly three. I'm not. I cannot confirm those details at the minute, as I am not familiar with our bottom tier.
1: I'll confirm it. Well,
0: but you can get you can get shout outs on the podcast and bonus content, additional. People, people aren't going to want
1: the shout out if it's a straight
0: read. Just reading it a little bit straight. If you want to chime in with a joke to lighten the <laughs> the mood, there's no way I'm I'm telling a joke. And as always. If you do support us on Patreon, what we like to do is give you a very special shout out at the end of the podcast. The podcast has been a little dry this week, okay? I can't stress that enough. How bone dry it's so been. So you know it's been bad. It's been borderline pretty, terrible. There hasn't been a lot of comedy to lighten the mood. And that's 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 my fault as well as your fault. It's in no way <laughs> my fault. So let's loosen up a bit for the shout-outs. Let's it'll make it a joke fest. So keeping it lighthearted, thank you for all your support. Let's go. Special thank you to Daniel Cunningham. Daniel Cunningham is one cunning man. Ooh, This son of a bitch makes James Bond look like a hobo. <laughs> He's so cunning. He makes makes Tom Cruise look like bomboos. Really? Someone who bombs and is an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. This is how cunning this guy is. He's oh. got all the plans. He's got everything. He somehow got my credit card information. Really? Which is crazy.
1: I was gonna say, is he at least like nice? Is he? Now you don't you don't get that cunning by being
0: nice. Oh, you're actually a pretty bad person. oh Thanks, Daniel. Thanks also to Christopher. Well, if it isn't Kissy Chrissy, this guy read one fairy tale about one frog being a prince, and this dude just going around kissing every animal, not even frogs. So desperate, Jesus! Snakes, badgers. Bad idea. Poisonous snakes, Anteaters anything really in the hopes that it will turn into maybe not even a prince but like a Lambo right just anything better than the shit he kissed
1: got it maybe some sort of hoping if he kissed us, if he Frenched a borderline <laughs> snail he might get a phantom Rolls Royce out of it
0: of course yeah but it, it, it hasn't worked out and a lot of the things like snakes for example don't like to be
1: kissed no nah. thanks also to Nina Hoffman Nina the ballerina uh, is actually world famous for doing you know like the little ballerina pillar pirouette. Yes. Yeah, spin She's still spinning. When did she start? A long time ago. They like the the world record person was there with the little like clipboard yeah. and was ready to just sign off and be like, That's awesome. You only had to do six in a row. Yeah, to hold it's the world really not record. that many. He just had to give up and go home after a minute. They gave her the reward, granted. She doesn't know though. She's spinning
0: no. at such velocity that um, it's, she's beginning to actually burrow down towards the mantle of the Earth.
1: Yeah, they think that she's in some kind of, uh, like, space-time stasis. So she'll probably emerge in the year 3000, not a, not a day older, honestly. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks also to Trudy Johnson. Wow, if
0: it isn't Judge Trudy. Wow. Yeah, everyone already only knows about Judge Judy, the mm. mean one. Mm-hmm. But there is actually uh, a twin who's the nice one. it doesn't make as interesting TV because
1: just lets everyone off really like serial
0: killers go up and Judge Trudy's like hey it's got nothing to do with me
1: (laughs) get out of here you you little scamp gives him a little hug (laughs) A the serial killer's like I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna do it all again you you might be next Judge Trudy yeah well who knows thanks also to Matthew Matthew we want to cast you in a
0: feature film This Paranormal Life you will be Kit, my friend, and I'll be playing me. What? <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry to break it to you, Malvena. You just don't have the, the- first. I'm alert. I don't
1: have the what. You got a
0: face for radio, pal. You got a face for podcasts. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, buddy.
1: <laughs> I, I'm looking at this image on Patreon of Matthew, and this guy is a, a straight-up zero. Well, He's a straight-up zero well, that's to a little That's a little harsh Niro. on a future,
0: a future star, all right? This guy out-auditioned Tom Holland for the role, so I think he's got some credentials. Tom
1: Holland weighed in for me? That's insane. See you on the red carpet, Matt. <laughs> Tom said, I'll do anything to get out of this Spider-Man shite. Thanks also to Gary Russell McNamara. Gary, I don't want to rustle you too much. But how would you like to be the
0: understudy to play Kit in the feature film This Paranormal Life? This can't be, real. This Look, can be I don't I'm even it but... to be my own understudy. No, you, you didn't make the cut. You didn't make the cut. and there I was... wasn't...
1: Audi- it, I wasn't auditioned. You didn't even tell me this feature film was happening. Buddy, we've
0: done 120 f-ing episodes of the podcast. You've auditioned. Trust me. At least tell
1: me this is like, just like a weekend for fun indie flick.
0: Well, it's going to be part of the MCU. We're actually being brought in in stage two. Are you kidding me? It's crazy. That's why Tom had to turn it down. Conflicts. In what universe does this make any sense? How are we part of the MCU? Well, to start, Gary's got the time stone. So that pretty much explains a lot of it.
1: Is this real or fictitious anymore? (laughs) Well, f***ing congratulations, Gary, I guess. Jesus. Can I at least be like, get you coffee or something? Thanks also to Josh. Josh, I have a proposition for you. Don't do it. There's going to be a lot of stunts in this movie,
0: and obviously I'll be doing my own, but how would you like to be the stuntman for Kit in
1: the film? What kind of... Am I doing, like, dope stunts? What's going on? The character Kit is going to be doing dope stunts. Right. Front flips, back flips, side flips. (laughs) Because the character Kit is pretty dope and jacked
0: yeah he's actually like a a, uh really just cool version um of kit the real life character okay um and obviously the rory character is cool too and i kind of fit that that uh that role a little bit more uh i can flip i flip every day i backflip out of bed into my jeans so me i think and josh is the stuntman are really gonna piece this thing together. So excited you're, to have you're, you, stuntman. Sorry. Stunt man? What? I'm my own st- I'm doing my own stunts. Yeah.
1: Why did you just say that as if I was talking over you?
0: What? Sorry, did you ask a question?
1: You don't even know who I am anymore, sir. Thanks also to Amber Zamora. Kablamber Amber. <laughs> this girl is dynamite.
0: She really? is literally a bomb. Really. People don't know how to diffuse her. She just showed up one day. She doesn't talk, she ticks. Her height, one foot. Her width, one foot. She's a cube. A box. <laughs> She's, I shouldn't really refer to her as a she because it is a bomb. Right. That's just the the name the SWAT team have given her. Really? Kablamber Amber.
1: They gave her a double-barreled name. That seems crazy.
0: So I'm excited that you've become sentient and you enjoy the podcast. Please inform us if you are about to detonate. And, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just back up. Just get a bit of distance.
1: Thanks also to Daniel Thompson.
0: Daniel Thompson committed the top sin. Whoa. Which is essentially all of the sins of the world combined into one. That doesn't seem good. It's when you are, you're envious of God's chicken sandwich (laughs) and you steal it and eat it, gluttony. Yeah. And then jack off
1: that's yeah it's pretty bad
0: uh, whatever that one is deviant
1: it's at least embarrassing <laughs>
0: yeah it's, it's really bad and it, it is the top sin uh, which I guess you know there's not many people in that club that can tick that box but all of them are in hell so at least you guys have that in common um, it's, it's pretty baller you pulled it off
1: you commit that one you go straight to solitary thanks also to Katie wow we're supported by Skatey Katie the girl
0: who can skate at everything she can ice skate, roller skate, skateboard. She does it all. In fact, she even is so passionate about it, she combined all of her favorites together and built a rollerblading skateboard with ice skates on her hands.
1: The most nuts thing is that she can't walk. She can't uh, walk. She's scared shitless of walking. Uh she didn't basically move until her teens when she was bought Heelys for the first time. Yeah. And she could suddenly skate.
0: It was it was a miracle. Doctors couldn't believe what they were seeing. <laughs> they
1: tried everything except Heelys, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks also to Sabrina Eves. Sabrina Eves, I believes that you
0: are thieves. What? A lot of shit's gone missing in the paranormal commune. And I have one suspect. Sabrina Thieves! <gasps> Everything's gone missing. The eggs,
1: the chicken poppers, the golden chalice at the Christine Chapel. There's not a lot of shit in the commune. So when something no. goes missing, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So if you could please just... Look, we'll put a box out in the courtyard.
0: You could just return the objects. Sabrina, we'd really appreciate it. She stole the box. We're now down a box. Sabrina, goddammit. damn it, Master thief. Thanks also to Amber Scruggs. Amber Scruggs. That's a name that belongs on the credit roll of a brand new Marvel Surely film. Surely not. Amber, we're looking for a first AD because the first first AD just dropped out. What? Who is that? Christopher Nolan.
1: He was the... the who's you- directing? Who's <laughs> directing? He's the AD.
0: Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, it's it's a big film. He only does his own even, shit. He couldn't even get director on this film. Guess who's directing?
1: I can't imagine. It's me.
0: I'm directing. I'm starring, and I'm I my own stuntman. I refuse to believe this. And Amber, I think is you now have first. the
1: Infinity Stones. <laughs> you seem to be wielding the universe at your will. This is obscene. Welcome to the big leagues, Amber. Con- Congrat. Whatever. Thanks, lastly but not leastly, to Jacob Miller. We actually wanted to treat the
0: commune, so we uh, we ordered a, a full truck of Miller, just so that everyone could enjoy some, some icy beers on tax day. <laughs> the truck arrived, and it's just Jacob Miller in a van. Uh, what? We didn't realize that it wasn't a beer, it was just a guy. Um, so he just unloaded himself onto a horde of thirsty uh commune members
1: i can't imagine that went well
0: we tried to drink him yeah. we tried to drink him but he's just a man you can't he doesn't try to in puree
1: spot. him down like a like an orange juice
0: it didn't work but now look at him he's he's one of us he's one of the very very thirsty commune members thirsty
1: angry tax to the gills commune <laughs> members
0: we couldn't do it without him so thank you to everyone that we shouted out. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. And as always, we will be back next Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale.
1: Bye-bye, Ciao. folks.
0: There's a, there's, a di- there's a difference between saying a joke and making the whole thing a big joke.
1: <laughs> you should say, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's such a stupid <laughs> If you are somebody who loves all things spooky then Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma, I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast and every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday I release a mini episode which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners and every Sunday we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost stories wherever you get your podcasts.